3: Welcome to Podcasting Power Hour with your host, Jeff Townsend, a.k.a. the Indie Podcast Father. I'm your co-host Greg from Indie Drop-In Network. Podcasting Power Hour is recorded live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter Spaces. Every week, an experienced panel of podcasters and other experts will tackle your podcasting questions. We will, of course, put links to all of our guests and any relevant information in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. Welcome to Podcasting
4: Power Hour. We're on the 21st of November here. Crazy to think about. I'm Jeff Townsend, the host this evening. Man, it's been a big week for me, Greg. I got a job working for a podcast network and Adam Curry blocked me on Twitter. So it's been an emotional week. How are you doing, Greg?
3: Man, you got. So now not only do you have the normal podcasting second job, but you have an actual podcast second job. You're part of the podcasting industry now, Jeff, officially.
0: Oh, oh,
4: I don't know. Don't put that on me. I'm not good enough for that.
3: Now, why did Adam block you? Did you propose podcasting 2.5 or something?
4: I, I think I may have just my my presence alone was two point five, and yeah, that's about all I know. I'm not sure, anyways. Greg, thanks for joining. He, Greg from Indie Drop In. He only has one name. We say that every week. It's just Greg. That's it. Plain and simple.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's been a good. It's been a good week for me too. Like I'm getting deep into my three new shows, which is good. It's the third week for that. So and Ed, uh, Ed is yeah, already gone. gone. No, no. He. That's what I'm telling you. He knows better. Like yeah, he, he got out of here
4: fast. He read the title.
3: Yeah, and I and I have uh, some experience with this, like every podcaster for our topic today is when is it time to give up and quit? And I think it's, you know, quitting is such an interesting uh, topic because it's kind of a, a bad word in a lot of things. But, you know, like in tech, you say fail fast and it's not a bad thing. So it'll be interesting to hear everybody's comments on this. I, of course, have my own uh, personal opinions here, and, and and they all are opinions, because the only person who truly knows when it's time to quit is you. What is happening?
4: We also have a... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I'll get there. Jim oh, Mallard's gosh. here. He's never once quit his podcast <laughs> over the last 15 years. He's <laughs> but
3: I, I, but really I do good. have experience with this. Well, I, there's, there's deep, deep history here, so we'll get into it. Yeah, all no, right. that's good.
4: Dave Jackson, of course, Hall of Famer. He's back in action. He's been gone for a few weeks, playing in some big time. Domino's tournaments so thank you dave for stopping by
0: yeah great to be here and uh yeah i could definitely i'm getting ready to kill one right now and so i'm, I'm definitely ready for this topic
4: me as well so speaking of killer making his triumphant return to podcasting power hour it's tanny campbell he can also contribute to this conversation tonight not only has he led to individuals quitting he's also pivoted what he's doing lately tanner thanks for coming on again
5: I couldn't resist the call of quitting. You know how negative I am. That's good. I mean, somebody's got to be that guy.
4: All right, Greg. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and kick it off and kind of talk about exactly, I know we touched on it, but what we're going to talk about.
3: Yeah. So the question comes up is when should you quit your podcast? And this is, you know, (laughs) I'm glad Tanner's on. I wasn't going to bring up Honestly, you're part in this, Tanner. I was going to let Ed talk about it, but but there are situations where an external person might be able to shed some light on what you're up to more than your own, you know, kind of your own uh, self. And I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but in my in my experience, so I, I've had three YouTube channels that I've quit, and I've had one podcast. Well, I guess we quit Podcast Garage, didn't we? So so that's two podcasts we actively, th- that I've actively quit. And um, there's going to be more. I can already tell you that. Because with Indie Drop-In, I've got six shows right now. And you know I might do some shuffling. You just, you just never know. So um, yeah, so that's really what the topic is today. I, w- I want to kind of float, kind of how do you know when your podcast is a little long in the tooth? How do you determine if your goals are going to be achieved? If you're on track, how do you determine when it might be time to pivot? That's those are the kind of questions that I really want to focus the hour around. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to. I don't. I hope, I hope no one comes up and says, you know, my podcast stinks, so I think I'll quit because that's not constructive. So let's just talk about kind of what goal, what your goals are. If you're if you're meeting, if you're trying to, if you're meeting them or trying to meet them, and maybe if you know it's it's time to pack it up.
4: Well, Tanner has making his transfer return, so we'll let him kick it off.
5: Oh, uh, all right. Uh, if the question is, when do I think is an appropriate time to quit? I think maybe uh, a prior question to that would have to be, what, what are your goals? Some people don't have goals with podcasting other than, you know, to have fun. There, there are, I think, a significant number of podcasters who turn the mic on every week or every other week. And their sole purpose is to hang out with their buddies, publish something on the Internet have a few followers and they genuinely and truthfully don't have any large grand vision and they don't care if they ever grow. And those people exist. That's not me. It's not the people that I used to consult with, but that's a lot of people. And if that's you, then, you know, quit when you want. Quit when it's not fun anymore.
3: Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, and I think perhaps it would be most constructive to kind of exclude those folks. I hate to say that, but uh, the hobbyists, <laughs> to use a term, that I think incensed people in that episode you made, Tanner. That is no longer available. <laughs> but that, uh, that
5: give them a second yeah, to explain. That was that. the real reason
4: I quit. You <laughs> no. explain that episode in like thirty seconds, Tanner. Uh, it, no,
5: I'm not going to do that.
3: <laughs> it, yeah, no, it was this. It, it, just I'll just put a little cap on it so that Tanner, you're not subject subject to this anymore. But. Um, The topic of that episode was the topic of this podcasting power hour, very simply. And, um, you know, Tanner's show was a monologue. So this is going to be a a dialogue. And, uh, you know, so everybody will have a chance to respond if they want to. But maybe Tanner, I can ask you a very specific question and then we'll go to Jim and Dave and go around the room here. But like, how do you know if your podcast Like, is there indicators that it might never work, like it might never grow or it might, you know, you know what I mean?
5: I do. Yeah. I think that the answer to that question is, have you designed indicators in business? And I know you'll know this, Greg, because you're in IT. We have key performance indicators, KPIs. We don't need to have anything that serious in podcasting. But if, if we have some vision of the future, which seems to be for a lot of podcasters, I hope one day I can do this for a living. Right, it's it's kind of vague. It's not very specific. We're like, if it happens, that would be great, but that's not really why I meant it. But most of the time, people who say that, excluding the group of people we just discussed, people usually say that because they don't know how to move forward. They're maybe a little afraid to commit to moving forward. The first thing you got to do to determine whether or not your podcast is a podcast that it's time to quit is to look at your the indicators that you create at the outset to determine whether you're making progress. And if the answer is you're not making progress. Uh, according to those KPIs the next question has to be well how can i and and do i still want to and if the answer is no well then it's probably time to quit if the answer is yes then great set some new KPIs so that you can keep moving forward and if the answer is you know no they're not but i don't want to quit i want to keep going it might be time to look at whether whether those KPIs are the correct ones whether they're useful or whether what you're doing in the way you're doing it is capable of hitting the KPIs you said. And that's a very difficult conversation to have with yourself because it's essentially, and I had this conversation with Ed, um, is maybe the way you want to do this, the thing you're really passionately connected to, not the topic, but like your method. Maybe you're, I'm not saying this of you, Ed, but maybe someone is a little, you know, they're a little arrogant about I got to do it this way or they're a little self-assured and they're not exactly sure why they're self-assured, but they feel they got to do it this way. This is the way I'm going to do it maybe you can't do it that way and hit your KPIs. And that's a hard conversation to have. But but it's one I think if you're, if you're not hitting your KPIs and you don't want to quit, then it's a conversation you have to have.
3: So Jim, we'll go to you here in just a second, but I want to just get a little bit of clarification from Tanner. When you decided to um, shut down your podcasting, your podcast about podcasting and focus on your uh, cr- creative podcast, let me say it that way, because who knows if... Practical Stoicism will be your only show, who knows, right? So um, was that your driver? Did you look at the two and say, my, my goals can be better met focusing on these other projects?
5: Uh, partially, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. Part of it was the network that brought me on was going to pay me a lot of money. And it was, that's the dream, right? The dream is, well, for some of us, the dream is somebody's going to pay me a shit ton of money to create content that I would create for free any fucking way. So that was part of the reason. The other part of the reason was that alone would not have made me quit. uh, uh, Good Morning Podcasters. Uh, I would have kept that if I believed that I could still do Good Morning Podcasters in an efficient—not an efficient capacity, but in a worthwhile capacity. I mean, people who know me know that I want to—I want to help. I'm not going to. I don't want to half-ass something. I want to show up and give as as much as I can and make sure that whatever as much as I can is is actually useful and when i started to realize what was going to be required of me to really be a full-time podcaster and be paid money to do that it very quickly becomes a job and so i was like all right well can i balance two of these things without taking away from either one of them the answer was no so which one am i going to choose the one that allows me to do the thing i'm most passionate about in my life which is philosophy full-time as a as a job or am i going to continue to try to help podcasters be successful when half of them get mad and don't listen to me anyway it was in retrospect, a fairly easy decision for me.
3: Got it. That's awesome. So Jim, you said you had some experience with when to wind down shows. What's uh, What's your take on when to do it? Well, I'm going to jump back to Tanner's point for a minute. He said he had a conversation. I can't remember the guy's name. It just left my mind. But part of this whole conversation is you are got to have a conversation with somebody else. We all like talking to ourselves way too much, and we're able to give ourselves good answers. Well, if I do it another six weeks or six months, six years, It'll hit, and sometimes it's just not going to hit the way we think it should, or it doesn't make. We can convince ourselves that a wrong idea is a good idea because it's our idea,
5: and it's such a and it's such a difficult. That's a difficult thing because there's so much ego wrapped in it. Admitting that because sometimes what you'll have to do, the outcome of this conversation sometimes is admitting you suck at the thing you really like, and that's a really fucking hard thing to do for anybody, no matter who you are.
3: Yeah, because this this wasn't necessarily uh, quitting a podcast. Well, the story I'm about to tell is not quitting a podcast. I decided in 2018, 2019, that I was going to delve into conservative politics as something I wanted
5: to talk about on my show. Everyone's going to leave.
3: <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm just going to say that, right? And I based my show on paranormal and conspiracy, and I got into this cons- this conservative talk frame for a while, and it was interesting, and I learned a lot, but I, I learned pretty quickly that isn't what I wanted to do all the time. So I pulled back out of it. Burnt a lot of bridges along the way with some of the more traditional paranormal people. Um, Still getting emails from people who love those shows and want me to go back and email their, or interview their candidate and all this other stuff. But it just wasn't me. This wasn't a good fit. Now, when it was time to wrap up, I used to do a fantasy football show, and anybody who knows me knows I've never played fantasy football in my life, but somebody came to me and said, would you co-host? And I'm like, dude, I don't, no. I don't do this. I I don't play the game. We just need somebody to kind of keep the conversation from deteriorating to squaring us, you know, because there's a couple of other guys. You just need somebody to steer the ship. So I did it for about eight weeks. And um, what I learned was that wasn't any fun. Listening to these guys go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and just be like, calm down. It's okay. We'll talk about wide receivers now. No. So um, sometimes it's easy to walk away from a podcast. And sometimes if you love it and you can get past the, the KPIs and still love it as a hobby. I mean, I love golf as a hobby, too, and I'm not any good at it. So you yeah. just...
5: And one of the worst things you just, it wasn't a worst thing that you said, but it's, it's the worst thing when this happens is when you've, you think you're getting close to making the decision about quitting and you get an email that says, gosh, I really love your podcast so much. And and that one person fucks you up from being able to make the decision you thought you were going to make. You all of a sudden put all the power of all the power of judgment of whether or not you're making progress or whether or not you're making a difference on that one email. And you're like, ah, I do matter. It does matter
3: yeah that's the worst too because you you are like, oh man i you know i like I said i walk- i decided made a conscious decision to get out of politics, and then for the next month, I swear every every time I open my email, would you interview this candidate this candidate um you know we're gonna we're gonna feature you on this app, and I'm like, God bless America, I was getting away from this stuff, and i can't I don't know, no go God away. bless america, <laughs> God bless America in the world <laughs> that's funny, so Dave Jackson, what do you think about quitting podcasts? Uh, when When is it time? Like, how do you know?
0: Well, like right now, I have a show that I've started and stopped three times, and the first two times were due to COVID. And I came back, and I I always wanted to play in the local podcasting space. So I live in Akron, Ohio. I started the Akron Podcast. Started off fun. Found a bunch of stuff in Akron that I didn't realize existed. And, but it, to do a, here's the key to do a good show. It takes some effort. And I had all these, I followed 8 million Facebook pages and the local newspaper and the mayor's office and stuff like that. And I didn't want to talk about sports and I didn't want to talk about, um, like gun violence. And that's about the time somebody, we had a shooting in Akron where they shot this poor kid 40 times and then handcuffed him. And so that dumb, dumb, it just dominated the news for the longest time. And it was just like, making the kind of content that I want to make, I really would have to be a reporter and go out and really almost not make the news, but just dig to find it. Cause nobody was talking about what I wanted to report on. And I just the, like the last two weeks, I'm just like, ugh, there's, I don't want to do the show based on the content I have. I don't have the time to do the kind of show that I want to do. So I end up putting up meh content and I don't want to be known for that. And I just was like, yeah, this isn't... uh And I realize it's going to take years to build up the kind of audience that I want. And that doesn't go with my life goals of like, hey, I want to like make the School of Podcasting great and all this other stuff. And the experience that I'm learning doing a local show is really nothing that I... like. There were no surprises. Like, oh, look, it's hard. Well, I knew that. And I I did get a sponsor at one point, but I just was like, I'm at that point where I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do the podcast. Matt Gibson's in the... He's a listener. He was... Uh, uh, I did a, a show for musicians for 10 years. Same thing. I just ran out of stuff to say, how many times can I say, you know, uh, practice your craft. Don't be a dick. Always pay your bar tab. Good night. You know? And so Matt was gracious. He came on and we broke his interview into part one. And I'd already sputtered. The The podcast was sputtering. And instead of firing every week, like it had for 10 years, it was like every other other week. And then I skipped a month. And so I aired Matt's first part of his episode, and just like literally just was like, oh, I just hate this show. And nobody's, and nobody said, Where's part two? I didn't have a single person say, because I, I made them so that they were, they could stand on their own. There was like a cliffhanger at the end of part one. And that's when I went, Look, nobody really cares about this show, including me. And so again, the fun was gone. And I was just like, Yeah, well, life's too short to do stuff that isn't fun.
5: I love, uh, Dave, that you just said, uh, how many times can I say, and then you said something, and yet your next project was to make a podcast about podcasting, and certainly you <laughs> must tell people the best kind of mic to buy 600 times a day.
0: Right. Absolutely.
5: So how many times?
0: <laughs> uh, well, it's... it's Yeah, I've got like four of those, and yeah. I, I I guess I just keep thinking if I put out enough, eventually somebody's going to run into me, but even that's... Oh, uh, to to kind of get to Tanner's thing, it's hard to give. Like, you can give people rock solid. Here is the proof. This is why this is bogus. And people will go, "Yeah, I'm still going to do that." And that's that is hard to stomach at times when you're like, "Wait, you're just gonna you're just gonna put out that you're the top 0.5 percent of listen notes, and you know it's a bogus stat." Yeah, yeah, I am. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Note to self. Um, you know, Tanner this person, might fall
4: for that and make a whole episode about it, though.
0: Uh, it's so, yeah, so there's, there's that part too, that, you know, it's, it's you, every teacher wants an eager student. So sometimes you don't get that, you yeah. know, oh, sorry, Taylor, go ahead.
5: everybody wants the things that they're saying to be heard. And I feel you on that one, Dave, it, it's tough yeah. to go on teaching when the students don't listen to you.
3: I used to, when I went to the gym, I used to wonder why the, all the trainers were working with people that were, you know, were, their clients were not fit. And I would think, man, that's a terrible trainer. I mean, not a single one of their clients are fit. And I've seen the same people, the same clients all these years. And then I started interacting with podcasts about podcasting. And now I totally get it.
4: I do want to take a second to say, uh, people listen, and you can go ahead and come up if you would like. I know Eric, Mark, you guys have both, we've all had discussions about the possibility of giving or quitting or, or making a pivot or changing. So if you guys are willing to come up and discuss that, and I know we have Ed Havens hanging out up here too. Uh, before we go to all that though, we'll go to you, Matt.
2: Yeah. I just, uh, I was listening and uh, I just wanted to brag that I caused Dave Jackson to fail at podcasting. And I just wanted to take credit for that. So thank you guys.
3: You did. I, what I heard was that show was so bad that he never aired part two. That's what I heard.
1: Right. Exactly. I was. I'm. I'm literally the most terrible podcast guest (laughs) to get, and I caused one of the fathers of podcasting.
0: (laughs) Just to date that, uh, Matt totally crushed it on Google Plus, and so that's what the interview was about. That's how long ago it was.
4: Mm, Those are the good days. Nice, nice. Wow.
0: Something else we should. Something else we should mention is. You know, some people get offended by the word hobbyist. I played in bands for, God, 20 years. I was a hobbyist. I spent lots of money on gear, had a lot of fun, but I never moved to Nashville, never did music as a full-time gig. So I was a hobbyist. Own the word, you're a hobbyist. And then the other one is, I hear people get upset about either quit or pod fade. How about we just put in the word retire? Sometimes you do something, you do it for a while, and then you retire. And there's when I hear people go, Oh, you shouldn't be so hard on people that pod fade, I go, They retired. They tried something until it wasn't fun and then they retired. So let's wait, not wait. get hung hey, up who's on, hard those. on people that have thing. Well, I've other had people b- besides Well, other that's podcasters. The, well, uh, well, that's it. But I, I'm like, I don't understand how it's being hard on someone when you say, Oh, so this person tried this and then they pod faded. And they're like, Why are you shaming them? I'm like, Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but they tried something and then they quit. Like, how is that shaming someone? It's not like, oh, you dirty pod fader. It's like, no, you you tried something, you know. I'll I'll try whatever sushi, and I didn't like it. Oh, you pretty you 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 sushi shamer. I'm like, no, I didn't like it. I quit. So sometimes I think we we look for reasons to get offended. In this uh, Just today, recreational outrage is the national pastime. So let's not get hung up on words.
3: I wish I could bring the pod fade to my golf slice and maybe i'd be better at something than anyway.
0: Sorry. there you go
5: there you go
3: so dave so dave I, I i i agree with you to a point but like imagine if you go to the car dealership and you know you're trying to look for a new car but instead it's filled up with people's half constructed hobby pickup trucks and you can't find a single pickup truck to buy you know that's that's how i feel th- sometimes about these podcast well, directories it's like every everybody's hobby is in everyone's face.
0: I was at a a medical uh, convention in Florida and I was talking to somebody and I said, oh, have you ever thought of starting a podcast? And she goes, oh, I listen to podcasts, but my boss will never go for it. And I go, really? And she said, oh yeah, my boss absolutely hates podcasting. And I go, why? And she goes, because they're awful. And I go, well, just think how yours is going to stand out based against all these awful podcasts. And she's like, I'm just here to tell you, if you say podcast, she almost like, Projectile vomits. She just hates podcasts because she probably found a bunch that were just, you know, three guys, one brain, cracking some brews in the basement, which is fine. Kind of like what Tanner was talking about. If you're just doing it for fun to hang out with your dudes, that's that's fine. But unfortunately, some people associate, you know, podcasting with Wayne's world. Sounds
4: like my wife. <laughs> hey, but even Wayne's World was hugely successful. So, you know. That's a good, good point. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. I was like.
3: Oh, man, if we could only make it like Wayne's World, we'd all be in great shape. So are we, you want to go to Ed, Jeff? I think it's time yeah, for Ed. Yeah,
4: let's go to Ed. Yeah.
3: So, Ed, maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, why, if, if you're you know, available to, if, why you quit your show for us or took a small hiatus and what you, know, what you learned and why you came back. Just kind of give us the cliff notes or the Coles notes if you're from Canada. Which time? The latest time—the time when you pivoted to the '80s movie podcast.
2: Okay, oh, well, actually, because uh, I started the podcast back in 2019, I did five episodes in four weeks. Ed, 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 you're, hey, Ted, you're you're super muffled. We can't hear you very well. Oh, sorry, I'm in the middle of cooking right now, so uh, I'll do the best I can. Hold on a sec. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, a little better. Okay. Anyway, so uh, like you said, I started the show in August of 2019. I powered through five episodes in four weeks, and then I just hit a brick wall. And I just like, okay, um, I'm only getting like five, 10 listeners a show. Uh, maybe this isn't my thing. And I took, I quit. And about six months later, I got the itch again. And I started it back up. And I started uh, just doing a little different things than I did before. And I started getting my numbers up. And things were going good. And then I uh, I found this, uh, this wonderful group of people on Twitter, this Twitter podcasting community. And uh, things were going a lot better. And I was meeting a lot of people and they were helping me and they were giving me advice, uh, mostly unsolicited, which I don't have a problem with because they were doing it because they either liked who I am or they liked what I was doing and wanted to see me improve. And then the infamous episode hit and uh, there were other things going on in my life at the same time where it's just like I was ready to just take some time off. And then I heard Tanner and I'm, I'm not blaming Tanner. It's not Tanner's fault. But Tanner's message on that specific episode hit me in the soul like nothing i ever had before. Because um, it was about uh, whether or not uh, you're a podcaster or if you're a faker. Um, that's not the exact word he used, but are you faking it or are you doing it for real? And I was faking it. And so, uh, you know, that afternoon, I you know, uh, Dixie was doing her project podcast. I came in and I just was like, okay, guys, I'm out. And uh, within five minutes, I had. Jeff messaging me, I had lots of people messaging me, telling me, hey, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but don't quit. And that's kind of was like, okay. And I needed to kind of take a step back 24 hours. And it's like, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. And uh, within two weeks of rededicating myself to the show, to like, okay, now I'm going to really put in the effort that I haven't really put in before. Um, I've hit new numbers new records of numbers every single month since that that moment and in fact even, even this month um you know i set my first new record in july and i've already topped july's numbers by 50 percent and we're you know only two-thirds of the way through the month i'm going to hit another record this month uh and you know for for lack of a better word tanner and i've said this before kicked me in the ass and made me realize okay it's time to you know pooper get off the pot you know what i mean
3: yeah, I think that's a really good lesson for everybody. But it, you also did a couple of other things, right? Like you not not only did you put effort into the show itself. I mean, you just recently even are still still doing it. You've got new gear. You know, you, you posted pictures about your little studio setup, asking questions. Like you put in a lot of effort. But you've also changed the show name. You got new cover art. You're working on your you know, your social media stuff. I mean, it wasn't just the content. I mean, it was everything.
2: Yeah. I mean, cause, Cause it's like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't hundred percent sure what I wanted until that, that day. It's like Tanner's, Tanner had the right idea. Tanner's message was, was hundred percent spot on. And that's what I needed to hear at that moment. But I didn't know that's what I needed to hear at that moment. at that moment, you know, I know he wasn't attacking me personally, but it, it got me. And so, you know, when all is said and done, if it wasn't for Tanner kicking my ass, you know, indirectly that day, I don't know where I would be right now in terms of the show. I might have actually quit a month later and not come back. But you know, instead I bought the URL, I changed the name, I changed the, you know, I changed so many things. And it wasn't because this, these were things that you suggested uh, or Tanner suggested or Jeff suggested. It was just like, okay, what can I do to stand out amongst all the other people who do the exact same thing I do. And uh, and it's worked. And it's worked in spades. Uh, I'm getting new listeners from different countries that, I've, you know, it's like for me, you know, to know that there's somebody listening to my show in Ukraine during all the stuff that's going on in the Ukraine right now, somebody is listening to my show is just, that that's just mind-blowing sometimes. You know what I mean?
0: So amazing. I- is it fun now? It's more fun. Okay. Cause I know I did exactly what you did for my show. I rebranded it, had a theme song written, did all sorts of stuff. But in the end, when it came time to do a podcast, I was like, ah, I really don't want to talk about this. So,
5: No, I mean, it's come to the point now where
2: um, there's times where I'm in the middle of doing, I'm writing one episode and then I come across something, it's like, oh, yeah, and I'll just kind of put the other episode on hold for a minute because, hey, you know what, I've got time. And, and that's a wonderful thing. I've created time for myself to actually be able to stop for a moment. And it's like, okay, let's just get the groundwork for this episode ready so that when I'm done with the other episode, I can just jump right in and I don't have to worry, stress out about, you know, oh, I need to get the show done in a certain amount of time. I'm running out of time. Oh, my God, I'm running out of time because we all feel that sometimes. So it's just a simple matter of, of I've, I've learned to do better time management. I've learned to do better um, research. Um, I've found a lot more resources in the past year and a half than I have before. So it's just a simple matter of right place, right time, right people, right circumstances. And uh, in some ways, you can say it's like catching lightning in a bottle.
0: Well, to go back to, to Tanner's original point, the first thing you have to identify is like the goal of the podcast. So has the goal changed with your show?
2: Uh, not really. The goal hasn't changed. Just my approach towards uh, doing it, um, because before, um, I wasn't as focused on the topics. I was just kind of floating along. and now I've got you know I've got seasons ready to go, uh, but right now, You know, I'm planning a trip to Thailand for December, and I just don't have as much time to do the work I want to do on those seasons. So I'm kind of just uh, putting things in right now. Sorry. I'm also cooking. So I need a few minutes.
3: Yeah. We'll Uh, we'll let you get, we'll let you get back to cooking. (laughs) uh, No, no, I'm done. I'm
2: not done. Uh, I mean, I'm done with the cooking part. I it's got to cook for like 20 minutes, but it's just, in terms of, you know, it's just, what Tanner did and what Jeff has done and what shows like this have done, it's helped me to focus more on the things that will help improve the show and bring in new listeners. And, um, and it's just a matter of before I was too stubborn to listen. You know, Jeff's really smart about these things. Tanner's really smart about these things. You're really smart about these things. You all know more about podcasting than I do. And instead of just holding you all at arm's length, I decided, okay, these guys... Buggering me, but they're buggering me because why? Why are they keep why they keep bothering me? Why do they keep trying to push me into the directions I don't want to go? It's because they know better than me. They know the direction they can, they know what I'm doing could be better. And they know that my show can be a success. And they're pushing me because for whatever reason they like me or they care about me, whatever it is, they are not giving up on me. And that is just so meaningful to somebody who's doing this by themselves with no support team, with no, you know, until very recently, with no network. Um, we're still building the network, apparently. But, you know, it's just like when you're just by yourself in, in a room talking to a microphone and not knowing what's going to happen with that episode in a day, a week, a month, a year, it's very lonely. And when you don't have that support team, uh, you're going to fade very quickly.
5: A good, having, point. A good point. Good point. Having Ed in the room is, of course, a huge ego boost for me because it makes me feel like the time I spent as a podcast consultant and "quote unquote" god forbid guru um, didn't go to waste. Because uh, Ed's story, the story he's telling, isn't the only story that I could be proud of. Uh, but in in particular, with Ed, he he proves two things: one, that it's incredibly important to have some sort of support system around you as a as a creator and i don't mean your mom or your buddy i mean other podcasters who are willing to who are who are willing to give you feedback and are willing to tell you you know you know just keep pushing when that's appropriate but it also shows that among that support group it can't just be i'm sorry i'm going to curse here but a bunch of pollyanna fucks that are only going to tell you that everything's fine the way you're doing it and you know, it's like when you try to go on a diet, and somebody says, "Ah, oh, you're fine the way you are," but they're not hearing that you're not happy with how you are. Um, and it's hard to find people who are willing to tell you that you, that you're fucking something up, or you're not doing something right, or you need to have a hard conversation with yourself. It's important to have a support system, but it's also really important to have people—not necessarily as big an asshole as I am—but <laughs> people around you who are willing to, like, you know, put you to the screws and say, "Well, you know, you think you're trying hard, but are you?" And it's hard, it's hard to find friends like that. You need them, though.
4: Oh, absolutely. And Ed, it's, it's a good, really relatable to this when the emotions come into play when we're making decisions like this.
3: Podcasting Power Hour is part of Indie Drop-In Network. If you are a podcaster looking to grow your listeners, check out indiedropin.com. Indie Drop In is always free, and we have opportunities right now for comedy, true crime, scary, and paranormal podcasts. Just go to indiedropin.com to learn more
6: Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right,
1: chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Number stress. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: We have Gary and Mark up on the deck. We'll go ahead and go to you, Gary. Good to see you again, man.
1: Yeah. Um My current show, which is doing pretty well, is actually my third podcast. The first one I started back in 2009. It was me and two other co-hosts. It was called This Week in Travel. We completely ripped off the format of This Week in Tech. And we did it for 11 years. And in 11 years, we never made a dime. But that was fine uh, because it opened up a lot of doors for us in the travel industry. We keynoted several different conferences where we did an episode of the show. We we did interviews. Uh, We were able to connect with a lot of people in the industry, of, you know, very high level people that we otherwise would never have been able to, but the pandemic ultimately killed it. And it's very hard to do a podcast with three co-hosts because we were always scheduling things. We were traveling and it was just really hard. Uh, so we had a very unpredictable schedule. Then around, I think it was 2014, 2015, CBS launched a new network called the Play It Network. And they approached me about doing a travel show. And I thought, oh, wow, CBS, they are they're big. Uh, this may become something and it turned out to be an absolutely horrible experience they had no idea what the hell they were doing they just butchered the show in terms of how it put in ads uh, you know dynamically uh and in the end they only cared about a couple of reality uh tv stars and pro wrestlers and not surprisingly the whole network died so when it came time to launch a new show and i, and I, th- I, I talk about this uh in an interview i just did with dave jackson uh, that, that came out today um I was put in a position where I had to do something and I took all the lessons I learned from all these other failed shows and I put it into this new show. I didn't have any co-hosts, uh, you know, just talking, not, not just the, the lessons I learned from failed shows, but also the things I learned from listening to other shows and talking to other podcasters. And But it was, it was those failures that actually helped me get to this point of doing this show uh, that I'm doing right now, both in terms of the format of the show, the topic of the show, and everything else. And I don't know if I would necessarily would have been doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the failures that I had previously. Um, and and one thing I did mention in the interview I did with Dave is I think a lot of people get frustrated when they don't see progress. That so long as you see some sort of progress, you can see things growing, you can see things building, nothing is more fun than success. And when they don't see success, that's when they get discouraged and they quit. Now I say if you haven't seen some progress in at least a month, maybe two months. Uh, then you need to do something. You need to do something else, whether that's in terms of marketing or the show or whatnot. Uh, because you've heard the old adage, you know, the first thing you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. And if you're not growing, then you need to stop digging and you need to, to do something different. And uh, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't do is they just keep digging and digging and digging, doing what they're doing, expecting that you know there's going to be a pony at the bottom somewhere. And that's all.
3: Yeah, I, I really agree with you on that, Gary. I mean, I've talked to so many podcasters where, you know, they've been at 70, 40, you know, 60 downloads per episode for like two years. And I think it's safe to say that if you keep doing what you're you're doing, then you can expect similar results. If that's what you're looking for, great. But it most of the time, it's not. And, you know, one question I would have for you, Gary, is 11 years what, what was it about those 11 years that kept you going? Uh, the sh- Heard you for a second, then you cut out there. <laughs> he, was he was like, oh, oh shit. And
1: then hung <laughs> up. Yeah. The suspense is killing us now. Uh, like I said, the show was never about making money. We never even looked at our stats, really. It was just fun. Uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, our co-hosts. It was something we did. It helped us you know, increase our profile. So it was worth it. And uh, I think at our peak, we were doing maybe... 7,000 downloads an episode before the pandemic, so it was, it was doing okay, um, but yeah, we, uh, the pandemic just killed it, and because we never went into it to make money, uh, we, were, we were happy with what we were doing, you know, we were able to do it on a regular basis, and uh, uh, it, it met all our criteria, you know, I was busy doing photography, uh, we had another co-host, Chris Christensen, who does this weekend, uh, or does Amateur Traveler. That was his primary thing was his other podcast uh our other co host worked for the la times she was a travel writer and uh so we all had our own things going on and we we just sort of did this on the side we put very little effort into it very little editing and it worked Uh, but the pandemic ultimately killed it and then once it was like okay maybe we should try to monetize it splitting something three ways is really hard to do yeah especially when people put in different levels of work and you know other things and um you know, that's one of the reasons I don't have a co-host for my current show. Uh, it's not the banter of two people talking. It's just me sitting down and doing it. And it makes everything so much easier from editing and uh, scheduling and, you know, splitting money.
3: I agree with that. Co-hosts are good and bad, mostly bad. I was just thinking about the scheduling. It's got to be tough getting yourself in the room. I know it is for me at times. Like You know,
5: staff meetings are difficult. But, but it's that's also, funny. I think something that's important to keep in mind if you're so the podcast that I am now fully committed to started as a weekly and it was a I did it similar for the same reasons that Gary did because I didn't want to rely on a co-host it was easier for me to script the entire delivery I could get everything right there were so few moving parts and that might have been I have no way of measuring this but that might have been part of what made the podcast successful because I was able to easily stay consistent with it but now I create every day and one of those one of those days is an interview and one of those days is a guest co-host, and one of those days is a deep dive. And if you I feel like there's something there's something to starting very simple and realizing that if you can find whatever your measure of success is in some, in a simple approach, in a minimal approach, you can grow into those greater ambitions you might have from a production standpoint. Because Gary could probably at this point, I mean he's got more than enough experience. Gary could have a co-host a couple of days a week. He could do that. Maybe he doesn't want to. But you can always grow into that kind of stuff. I I think that's worth keeping in mind.
3: Yeah. And as long as I think you're, you own the show, I mean, you can hire people too. I mean, you can hire a co-host and hire production staff and, and still maintain full control and, and, you know, think of it as, is, you know, just finding some talent that rounds off maybe some of your rough edges. I know I have tons and tons of rough edges, but I wanted to touch on one thing that kind of Gary brought up about um, you know, the goals of a podcast. So in the tech space, there's a lot of people that have podcasts in YouTube and LinkedIn blogs for the sole purpose of legitimizing themselves in the industry, being seen, being being uh, having their thoughts um, out in the industry, being known as a thought leader. Uh, having a specialty, you know, uh, communicating that specialty to your peers. Um, you know, my specialty is is economics in tech. So, um, you know, one of the reasons why I don't use my full name is because I have tech related stuff. I don't want crossing over and confusing the indie drop in brand. So, um, you know, you you can absolutely podcast your heck podcast your head off. To build a brand for, uh, for your job is totally a great reason to podcast. And then when your job becomes too stressful or you have to, you know, go get your master's degree or pass some sort of tech certification, you can quit. And it's a perfectly good reason to quit. And your stuff will still be out there, still legitimizing you, still uh, working on your behalf.
5: It's also somewhat less important to be quote unquote good when that's your purpose for podcasting. It's why I think that that sort of podcasting is so much simpler to approach, not just to approach, but to produce and to and to monetize, really, because, you know, if you're going to monetize through ads, you're going to make something like 20 bucks for every thousand listeners you have. But if you're if you're a business and you're a consultant, as I was, well, shit, if you've got 10 listeners, one of those could easily become a customer. And then all of a sudden that one out of 10 is worth thousands of dollars Um, and you don't have to have a great microphone, a great quality and great production skill to have a podcast like that, it might help, but you don't need it because people aren't showing up for that. Whereas for a lot of, I don't know if it's most, to me, it's always felt like most because I entered the space as a creator. Um, and I didn't really see a lot of business podcasts when, I, when that happened. Uh, but I feel like most of us are more creative than we are business. And one of the things I've gotten in hot water for before is saying, I would love it if all podcasters approach their podcast creation as a business because when you think of things with a business mindset and with a financial mindset, it forces you to be strategic. And most of us who are natural creatives or <laughs> forced creatives—in my case, um, we're not—we're not we are not necess- we are not very business savvy. We're not very strategically minded. That's not how we work. It's probably one of the reasons we're so creative, is because that's the part of our brain that you know we've really developed over the course of our life, but. I I love getting um, creative podcasters to think more like entrepreneurs because the second they do that, all of a sudden they have a plan and a strategy and things start changing for them. Hey, Mark, Mark, thanks for being patient, man. We'll go
6: ahead and get get you in here. You've been waiting. It's okay. I've just been silently brewing the entire time and working on my disdain. Oh,
3: I I hope there's a rage quit coming. Oh, I'm dreaming of this day. I hope it's not you, Mark.
6: No, that's fine. If If it is, that's great. But no, I, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to comment on, but the big one was that when we started our podcast, I was the more business minded person and we've been, uh, you know, two hosts working together the entire time. But during our first season, the hardest thing that I had to try and cope with, because naturally I took it more seriously and it was much more important to me than it was my co-host, which I think some other folks have kind of alluded to here. And as uh we introduced another host there's three of us at one point similar to gary's uh you know experience things just didn't really work behind the scenes even if it sounded like it did you know on the recordings and as soon as the third host dropped out that's immediately when i began thinking how can i turn this around because for and i and tanner when i actually talked about this hobbyist idea before in one of these spaces because there's there's like levels to everything and so when we started our show off i was thinking about goals let's let's look at this goal whether it's a viewership goal download goal whatever and then figure out what your plan is to achieve that goal and as we started to hit those goals faster than we had even planned on then i began to think okay what can we do next and it's not so much about the idea of doing everything masterfully but it's more about like picking out one thing that you thought you could do well and then trying to improve that. And so it was about, at first I thought, how can I take this little $60 mic that, you know, sounds fine, but still elevate that. And, you know, I I think others have already mentioned that they've, you know, you find a better mic over time. You maybe just had like a really basic website and then you go to that one next. And so rather than think about maybe giving up because, I think there's an undiagnosed thing called like pod depression or something. You know, I, I don't want it to be one of those corny looking, you know, uh, advertised words, but I think pod depression is a real thing. Like everybody goes through this at some point, whether it's a, a small factor that changes for you as a creator, or you, maybe you missed a, a goal that you wanted to hit, whatever. That's where I think y- you got to figure out a way to cope. And I don't know if enough people really talk about it because it's not quite fading. It's not quite quitting, but it's, it's, it's on that same diving board as giving up can be. And so I, I wanted to comment on that. I've been through that probably three times in the past two years. And I feel like for like a hobbyist type of podcast like we are, we're still business minded in what we want to do. And I think the, the, the idea of continuing to tinker with you know the one thing at a time is what's keeping us going.
3: Have you come to terms with your co-hosts about the show and how it's going to run and what the goals are? And are you on the same page, or is it still hard?
6: Basically, there's an overweight Filipino that runs this show, and everyone involved in it knows who that person is.
3: Oh, nice, nice. I, uh, I, I think this pod depression thing has some legs, unfortunately, because I've experienced it. Um, you know, people sometimes ask me how how I know, uh, uh, you know, what I know about podcast advertising. And that's because I've lost a lot of money doing it. And you know, one of my sayings is, "Education isn't free. It's either, you know, you're paying the school, or you're paying, you know, you're 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 paying money to a teacher, or you're
5: losing it. You're losing that's money." That's a terrible teacher,
3: right? Exactly right. And um, you know, Tanner, I don't know what we came up with, but as a as a kind of a a, a standard number, but I come up I came up with about thirty percent of of listeners stick around after advertising. So mm-hmm. is that what you find too?
5: Depends on the show, but, um, I think a minimal, like a reasonable expectation is that, yeah, 30% is pretty fair. Yeah.
3: So my very first, my very first podcast, I advertised the holy crap out of, I mean, for months and months and months and months and months, I spent a lot of money on it and it, and it got up there in, you know, it was, you know, between 10. Between ten and twenty thousand downloads, typically, and um, and then started going down every single month because I stopped ads, stopped advertising. I thought, okay, you know, we have enough. I, I had this incorrect mindset that if some if some people could hear my show, then word of mouth would spread.
5: <laughs> oh and, God! They only heard how amazing I was, and the,
3: and you know, the snowball, the top of the mountain, and all this stuff. Which, which is true. But see, the thing is, is your show has to be good first. And that's the part that I skipped. And so I went through this pod depression to make a long story longer. But I went through this pod depression as I watched my show go from, you know, we'll call it a, at a peak of 18,000 downloads an episode, like all the way down to like four or five. And during that time, we made the show great. <laughs> that was the moral of the story. And then it, start, then it turned the corner. And started going back up, and uh, um, it just was very difficult, uh, de- depressing, challenging time. So um, I, I don't know if it's like that for everybody, but I know Gary, you spend a lot of money on ads too, so you know, watch out for that.
5: I mean, I think it's like that for everybody. It's not. I, I don't know. I think it. I think. I think. Uh, what is your name? Digital di- Dissonance? What is it? I think
3: it was Matt, oh, right? Mark. My name's Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark.
5: I think Mark's right. It's depression because it's not really quitting. It's this it's this feeling of it's like a combination of ineptitude. You feel stupid. You feel ineffectual. You feel hopeless. And that's not (laughs) I've been there. I mean, I have shows that. I have one really successful show. I had one kind of successful show before that. And the other nine shows I've had were, you know, fucking bombs. I mean, I had a couple hundred listeners an episode for to do those things for a year or two. So we all get it. just sucks. It's a terrible feeling. And I think all of us have experienced it. I mean, unless we get really lucky the first go around, which does happen for some people. But I feel bad for them because they actually suck because <laughs> they haven't they haven't been terrible uh, to figure out they're terrible. So they haven't gained any skill. They just got lucky. Matt from the Bro
4: Amigos. go ahead. Sorry, Mark, you have something else.
6: Well, I, I was just going to say that uh, I've heard some other people call it imposter syndrome, but I don't really think it's imposter syndrome. I, I think it's at least for me, it's questioning everything I do. It, it doesn't have to do with me thinking that I'm not doing as well as the person next to me, or or any of that kind of stuff. But it, it gets to the point where I question: Is our audio as good as I thought it was? You know, is our music as good as I thought it was? Is the, are the things that I'm writing, are these actually good? And to Greg's point, how you're sometimes you can put, you know, a cart before a horse in that conversation. For me, I've been through this a couple of times now, and I wouldn't say we wanted to stop the show, but I've gotten to that point where I'm picking myself apart so much now. And I feel like that's where the break is needed, not to stop the show, but to creatively hit pause or find a different way to be creative for a minute, because I've gotten to know myself pretty well over the last two years. I'll put it that way, that talking to yourself mentality. And, and, and that's where I struggle now. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get through that.
0: I think the thing I I hear a lot is the whole, is my audio good enough? I, I, if you spent more than $80 on a microphone and you're using it properly, your audio is fine. And, and I hear so many people think, Oh, if I could only get an S no, I don't know anybody that's like, Hey Dave, what? what? you got to hear the show, man. The audio is amazing. It's always the content that people are telling me about. Now, you can't have a Blue Yeti in the next room and expect people to sit through that crap. I had somebody today that just, it was horrible. It was, it just screamed Blue Yeti. And I was like, yeah, that's one. But if you're, if you've spent, you know, a, a decent amount of money, close to a hundred bucks on a microphone, you're using it properly, y- your audio is fine. It, it, it's, I think we like to blame that because it's an easy target, but I know for, for me the the shows that I have quit towards the end, the content's horrible. And so you're, you're trying to grow your audience with a really bad product and the product is bad because I don't want to do it anymore. And that, I think that shines through. So, um, so, so I, yeah, oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. Let me do, let me do one more thing in terms of keeping your audience through the ads, I just heard a great uh, episode by uh, Neil Headley, um, uh, The Voices in My Head, and he said, people forget that ads are content. And he goes, if you're making people sit through a really bad ad and you hope they make it to the other side, change the ad. And I was like, that's a really good point.
5: As far as sound's concerned, I am an audio engineer by trade, and there's two people who, who on my screen appear next to each other, um, Plastic Audio, his name's Michael, and Matthew Bliss. Matthew bliss is one of my engineering students and, and Michael Classic audio is an extremely talented audio engineer. I mean, he does really great stuff with um, like binaural capturing and he's got all like nature sounds and shit. It's just incredible the work he does. And I fucking promise you that as talented as Michael is, he will sit down on a, on a mix that all of us would think was sent from the heavens. And he would think this is a shit mix. <laughs> like, Creative people, I think, are just, we're so hard on ourselves, no matter how talented we get, we're trying to make it to the next level of being skilled. And that it's not imposter syndrome. I think you're right about that. I I think it's just this, there's no, there's no, there's no indication that we're good enough external to us. It's all, it's all within us. And if if we don't have the muscle to see our own value and to see our own skill set without external validation, it's almost impossible to ever feel like you're
7: good enough. I don't know. I don't know if it's okay for me to speak now because I know everybody go, go awesome. for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to echo a couple of things that have been said. Um one on the uh the audio quality uh part. I mean, as for me personally, as someone I guess similar to Tanner that has been in the radio industry and knows what it's like to, you know, tune a microphone and, you know, even post edit it and such. You know, I that's just something I personally like to make note of, especially if I leave a review, I always make note of, oh, the sound quality could be better or the sound quality in this show is good because I think that's something that's pretty important in my honest opinion. Cause I like to I don't like to hear um for the most part like computerized people, if that makes sense. I know there's ways you can't fix it, but at the same time, you can always make it sound a little bit better. And I think that comes to the that kind of plays into the factor of you can also edit your show which is something I preach all the time, edit your fucking shows to make him sound better. If you think it sounds the raw audio sounds like shit, but that's just me. Also, um, I don't know if it was Greg or someone that mentioned the whole, like, Oh, my podcast had thousands of downloads and then it went to nothing. And then that's when we made the show good. Um, again, I don't remember who said it, but that struck a chord with me because this particular show, when we started it, you know, the first couple episodes were doing pretty, pretty good, honestly. And then I don't know what, I don't know. We don't know what happened, but I guess over the last couple of months, I think we realized we started to get sloppy and that the downloads decreased. And I think now, given that, you know, there's four people and that there are, you know, there's four of us and we've kind of put our heads together and said to ourselves, Hey, what's going on? Why is this happening? what are we trying to do to make it better? And I think even though the numbers are still a little bit down right now, I'm, I have hope anyway, I'm not sure about my three co-hosts on the Bromigos, but I have hope that I think we're finally starting to tread in the right direction. And, and at least, and we also have multiple outlets that we're on, like we're on YouTube as a video podcast. I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but, and those numbers seem to be doing pretty solid as well. But, um, you know, it's just, you know, I just wanted to echo that point. Like, if something's wrong, make an effort to fix it, realize what the problems are. And I think that kind of, at least in my opinion, separates the good shows or the shows that are eventually going to be good from, I don't want to say the hobbyist because that's not the right term to use. I don't think, and if we mentioned that before, but just the shows that like don't try, let's put it like that the shows that just think like, oh, people are going to listen to this sort of deal. I don't know if anybody wants to comment or echo on that point.
3: Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on the, uh, what I always try to say is, you know, don't forget that you're, you're making this show for other people to listen to. And if you're not, then you're in that other camp, right? You're in that, I'm making it for me camp and I don't, I don't care who listens and just hanging out with my friends or whatever. But if you're making it for other people, then the other people, you know, their opinion is it matters, right? Like you know for in your in your show I haven't listened to it but you know if it's four people kind of talking over each other for an hour you know I would probably throw my phone out the window but if it's four people that have specialties and segments and things that make them interesting and 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 it's a podcast that's structured and clearly uh, a presentation then I would be excited for four people right i mean that's just Four people is a lot on a podcast, how you do it matters. Uh, I will say so. as
7: much, um, to echo the point about, you know, the talking over there are times I won't deny that that does happen there, but I think we're doing a little bit better of that now. Um, especially since we started, like, I don't know why it took us so long to do this, but like we have a, uh, a notes notepad section, since we all have Apple and we always write down like topics that we want to talk about for, for the next episode. That way, we could at least implement some structure into what we want to add into our episodes you know things that are topical and such because we are a you know comedy society and culture based podcast um i will say this much though because like and i think me and my co-host mike said this on air in their most recent episode and like because he's actually has a job at sirius xm and we were talking about it on air and we were just like man if this show ever got big, like I can see us on like Sirius XM taking over like some of the older shows that are eventually going to be phased out, you know, sort of deal. So I think that like that's always going to be in the back of our mind. And that just drives us to be better. And I think that's why we are so passionate about making this successful, because we are, we, <laughs> as Mike always says, Pam, I read my co one of our co-hosts. Um, I like to manifest things. And I think we're trying to manifest success for us. It's just having to put into work the, to get to that point, if that makes any sense.
5: It makes sense. I think a good way to, to realize or to motivate yourself to do that is, and I've I've said this to clients in the past, imagine how arrogant, it, like, like step outside of yourself for a minute and say, how arrogant would it be for me to say, I can just turn on the mic, do stream of consciousness, and people are going to find that really interesting. Uh, that is a very arrogant position for someone to take. So, so Greg, your, your idea of segments and, and, and like design to the show, I, I think a lot of us, when we first started out and I was absolutely guilty of this because my first show with my girlfriend was with my girlfriend and it was stream of consciousness and nonsense. I, I think that we, for we, it, 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 escapes our attention that what we are in a sense is a, we're performers, we are talent not to sound big headed, but just in a literal sense, we are talent and we are putting on a show for someone. We are a dancing monkey in a sense. And when we don't lead, uh, when when we don't design our productions with that in mind, we just show up and we talk. And there's almost no fucking reason for anybody to listen to you, unless you're Joe Rogan and you've got really important, like cool guests on, and then people would tune in for that. But that's not most of us, right?
1: Wow. I really want to second that because... There are so many podcasts that consist of, I want to talk about something, and that's all it is. They'll bring on a guest and they'll talk. There's no format. There's no structure to it. When I launched this show, my current show, I put a lot of thought into the format of the show to try to make it very simple and very easy to produce. And Tanner's also right. I'm putting on a performance. I am, in some ways, kind of acting. You know, it's a vocal performance. And I've got a lot of listeners. Comment and say i really enjoy listening to your show because you make it interesting and a lot of history podcasts it sounds like the teacher from ferris bueller where it's just this monotone delivery and they don't realize that they're giving a performance and that is something you really kind of have to do uh if you want to make it interesting and uh so yeah that's right
7: i think um i i guess for me i, I agree with you uh, gary um is I guess because we I had this is my second show for those that don't know I have two podcasts. So the first show like we were doing we're doing relatively okay. We're doing pretty well for ourselves at the moment. So when we started this show Promigos back in June, like me already having some skin in the game, um was like, "Oh, this is what I know how to do. This is what I could offer. This is these are some resources that could help us." And then lo and behold, those resources didn't pan out as well for this show as I would have hoped. So now it's kind of like, oh, shit, now we have to pivot and start from scratch, more or less. And I think realizing that was helpful for me because it's like I didn't you would think like all podcasts can market the same. Lo and behold, I was in a very <laughs> I had a very rude awakening there.
5: Yeah. And just to in case anything I just said or anything Gary just signed off on uh, made it seem as though I was suggesting you have to that, that a uh, you know, like a a bro style dudes talking around a table show needs to be like a, you know, a performance. Um, I want to correct that if, if it seems like that's what I meant, that's what I meant. Uh, a really good example of a show that is a three dudes in this case across the, around the table talking about a particular subject. That subject is magic. The gathering, uh, they're old clients of mine and they, they talk about magic, the gathering cards and like things that are going on, but they do it not, a there's a little bit of performative to it because they're funny people. They try to make jokes and set up um, set up gags. But most of it is, most of what makes their show good isn't necessarily that it's performative. It's that it's highly structured and people can depend on those segments to reoccur episode after episode. And they know just about when they're going to happen and they know what to expect. So for a show like uh, what you what you guys do at Bromigos, I think that it's less about acting somewhat but more about remembering that people are showing up for some entertainment some information and adding some structure to a show
7: like that is just takes it to another level i 150 percent agree and for the record i didn't take any offense to the comment of putting on a performance although i wouldn't necessarily use the word performance i do think it has to be entertaining and i do think if, if anyone here has ever heard bromigos which i doubt but if you do You'll know that there's a lot of entertaining entertaining aspects to the show. We tell a lot of jokes. We get on each other's we bust each other's balls on the show while we're talking about whatever subjects we're talking about. You know, it's it's a good time, and I think if we continue to do it well and recognize where we need to improve, and and I'm not just saying for any show that can do this, but I think as long as any well maybe any show could realize those things, then they could basically create better content and therefore grow a bigger audience.
3: Yeah. I'll make one comment and then Jeff, I'll go to you for last call. Cause it's, uh, it's uh, getting late, but w- one hack that I've learned and um, you know, I, I learned everything the hard way because I wasn't smart enough to get a coach. I didn't know Dave or Tanner existed to, to pay them to help me. But um, you're not, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're Jim Mallard, you're not doing this live. Right. There's no reason to treat your podcast like a live show. Right. You don't have to sit down and bust out an hour of content in an hour. Right. You can absolutely stop, redo something, re say something, uh, start over. Maybe somebody's in a bad mood. You can say, listen, let's go watch some Top Gun or whatever. And then we'll come back up here and try it again or come back tomorrow and try it again. Like there's no reason to, to force an episode. And if you're not prepared, that's what you're doing. You know, not being prepared is, is, is a podcast killer. So, um, it, have no fear of going, you know, this didn't work. That joke didn't land. I wish I would have said this, you know, like that episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza is driving away and he's like, ah, the jerk store. I had the perfect comeback. Right. You can do that, and it will sound live to your audience. So um, don't don't forget about don't forget about that.
5: Especially true in interviews. Um, so many people, I think, feel really under the pressure, uh, really under pressure, rather to not seem perfect when talking to someone who's a guest on their show. And in reality, the guest probably feels that way too. Uh, so giving yourself and the guest some breathing room in an interview and saying, "Hey, look, this isn't live." Video is not recorded. Um, if you need to retake a line, just say it a- and build in breaks. You know, when somebody answers a question and be like, oh, yeah, OK, maybe take some notes and think about it for a second, because all this stuff comes out uh, in post-production.
3: All right, Jeff, last call.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. On that note, Dave, uh, anybody else? You've been a little bit quiet, Dave, but you've uh, brought up some great points. Anybody else have anything they want to speak on before we close this up?
0: I, a couple of people have said this. Just realize that because one show ends, you know, you might turn around and go, Oh, you know what? I'm going to do this. You know, uh, Laria Petrucci uh, does live streaming pros. That's like the third version of her podcast. Uh, Grammar Girl was Mignon Fogarty's second show, you know, and she ended up on Oprah. So, you know, in some cases, it's what you really determine. I mean, one of the shows I did was called the Customer Service Show. And much like my Akron, Ohio show, I jumped into it because, hey, this is what I do. And then I got into it, it was like, man, I don't want to talk about it 24-7. So, uh, you know, just because you've decided to retire one of your shows doesn't mean you're a failure. I mean, I, I, I've i been married twice. I've learned something from every single one. So learn what you can when you shut something down and and take those lessons and and move it into the next podcast.
5: Every time Dave gets married, he says at the altar, can't wait to learn stuff from you. <laughs>
0: That's it. That's part of my, it's part of my vows. I
4: want to be like Dave when I grow up. I love that. No, good point. And I think for me, it's always about prioritizing and where you can, you know, put your best focus forward to make the best content possible for me. And like recently I've had to make these same decisions that we're talking about tonight with the purpose of what I really wanted to do and what I really wanted to focus on. But no, thank you everybody for coming in and spending this little bit over an hour with us. I really appreciate it. Greg, I'm going to let you drop the spill and all that, and we'll put a book into this one.
3: Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for coming to Podcasting Power Hour. This, of course, is a podcast also uh, edited by AI, copy written by AI, particularly to annoy everyone. And it Otherwise-
5: always cuts Ed out, too. It's the craziest thing ever. Is that po- the pod machine you're using for that? Uh, ca- Cap Show. Cap Show. Oh, I love the. Oh, dude, the girls from Cap Show are fucking dope. But that's an offline conversation. They're really smart. They've got a great yeah. Way, way too, way too smart
3: for me. I just use the tool. I speak. I speak to them every once in a while, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is a nuts. But um, yeah. So podcastingpowerhour.com. I'm not going to edit that out because that's part of the fun. And by the way, indiedropin.com, If you have a show that you want to promote, uh, just just check that out. I have some new TV movie shows, some fandom shows hit me up on DM. I don't want to uh, talk about it too much longer, but I can help you uh, navigate the website and get your episode posted. So, Um, and again, next week, uh, eight o'clock central, nine o'clock Eastern podcasting power hour. Be
4: good, be safe and don't litter.
3: Yeah. Please don't litter. Yeah. Litter sucks. Thank you for listening to the podcasting power hour. Everyone is free to participate on Twitter Spaces every Monday at 9 pm Eastern Time. To join, just follow Jeff at podcast underscore father or Greg at IndieDropIn If you found this podcast helpful, go into your podcast app and write a quick review. Other podcasters will see it and know this show is worth listening to. Also, I'll put a few links in the show notes for ways you can support the show. I think by now you know we love
5: our coffee. Have a great week. Yeah. Man. Hey, you guys, I assume you hit stop at this point, but out of curiosity, uh, how, how ahead of your production schedule are you? Is this out like tomorrow or is it out in three weeks?
3: Yeah, it'll be out in a week or two. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I, need to, I, I need to get caught up uh, maybe this week, though, since it's Thanksgiving week. I'll you know, be slow at work. Why do you want it to come out tomorrow, Tanner?
5: No, no, no. I, I thought, I actually thought it would have been cool. I mean, this is all retrospective, but I think it would have been cool to talk about it. maybe in the next power hour, you guys could talk about holiday breaks because I'm sure everybody is fretting whether or not they, you know, skip a week or plan ahead for a week, or that might be an interesting conversation.
3: Yeah, we actually have an episode on breaks, don't we? Pretty sure we're pretty sure we do. Yeah. Should have call, called it out.
4: Dave talked about that one a lot because he always said that he gets an episode out no matter
5: what. I remember that.
3: That's right. He grinds them out. Are you taking a break on like, are, are, is practical stoicism, you say it's now daily?
5: Yes, yeah, it's, it's seven days a week now with a long form interview on Wednesdays and then the rest of them are meditations. But I'm working to change that because we're trying to have a women in stoicism segment on one day of the week. We're trying to have like a deep dive segment for another day. Uh, but at this point, I do about 14,000 words on Monday in scripting. And then I uh, record them on Tuesday, edit them on Tuesday, and then I push them out for publication on Wednesday. So I am caught up until next Friday because my week starts on Saturday.
3: So you, so, so, so PS basically takes three full days.
5: Yeah. And, well, and that includes TikTok. Oh, okay. Like social stuff. But, but yeah, I think it takes two entire days for seven episodes. Yeah.
3: And are the, the regular episodes still like 10 minutes?
5: Uh, yeah. To eight, eight to 15 minutes. Sometimes I get, I get yelled at cause I have two, uh, for the, for the shorter episodes, I only do a pre-roll and a post-roll, but they come in pairs. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people will be like, half the fucking show is ads. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. It's so many fucking words. Do you know how many words Fourteenth. I write a goddamn novel every three weeks.
3: Yeah, I know. And that's one challenge I have with indie dropping is, you know, when people submit like 15 minute shows, I can't put a mid roll in it. And then my earnings go down like 25% that week. Like,
7: <laughs> like shit. I think I might have to submit a, an hour's worth of episode for Bromigos. Then for you, Greg, at least to get please, your do.
3: please do, please <laughs> do two hours, please two hours. I load yeah, that. We, we son all have of up.
7: that ran two hours
3: once. <laughs> the uh, yeah somehow somehow last year um, ended up eight hundred bucks plus. So I got to make sure I don't do that this year because I try to spend everything I make on ads. W- one day I won't, but but while it's still building, I try to spend everything.
5: I'm doing a probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire podcasting career, other than being signed to a network, is that my show is currently doing a cross promo with uh, NPR's Planet Money, which is fucking insane. Like it doesn't even, I don't know why that's the cross promo. I don't know what money and philosophy do with each other, but I was listening to Planet Money just to hear my ads pop and it absolutely blew my mind. It was the coolest thing. Dude, that is really cool.
7: I have been, I have been following, um, some of the stuff that's been going on with you, Tanner, when I when I see it on the timeline, uh, man, good for you, brother. Really good for you.
6: Yeah, that's cool.
5: X-Factor luck, man. I, I couldn't replicate it if I tried. I, I don't know if that's true,
3: man. I, I mean, maybe to this extent, but I mean, niches are 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 powerful. And, and this is a good one.
5: Yeah, but finding them.
4: Is yeah, luck. you
3: couldn't predict this was going to be a good one. That's right. the problem.
4: Yeah. At least it's not a podcast
5: about podcasting. <laughs> Fucking hey, <A>, brother! <laughs> Jesus.
0: Can I, I ask know. the uh, the question that everybody's afraid to ask, Tanner? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. What What the hell is stoicism? <laughs> you should listen to the podcast.
7: I'm really glad somebody <laughs> said it because I've been wondering that for weeks now.
5: Actually, um, it's funny because I'm I'm doing some mentoring with a philosopher at, at a university, and um, it doesn't matter. Uh, and I'm learning about the. There's kind of like this public version of Stoicism, which is like you don't have emotions, which is not what Stoicism is. And then there's this modern version of Stoicism, which is which stops short of the spiritual, uh, because Stoicism actually has a God in it. It's not a religion in the way that we think of an organized religion today, but it does have a spiritual element to it. And so I'm kind of diving into that spiritual element stuff. But essentially, uh, Stoicism is a, a philosophical practice wherein you believe as a, this is a necessary requirement to be a Stoic, you believe that. Virtue is not just the highest good, it is the only good. Um, It's necessary to believe that in order to be a Stoic. And the point of the philosophical practice is to develop a virtuous character. And the Stoics define virtue as the knowledge of how to live well. So it's it's really all about, it's literally probably, I think, the most philosophical philosophy that exists. Because philosophy is the examination, you know, uh, life well examined. Um and stoicism is all about trying to figure out exactly how to live your best life. Um and unfortunately that's not how all the dude bros and fuckboys and Silicon Valley people present it and it gets a bad name for that reason. Um that's one of the reasons I started the show. I'm trying to fix that. Did you catch really, all that,
3: Dave? I did. I, I really expected it to be like Oh, Dave! I'm so glad you asked. I just launched this new course on AppSumo for 19.99. Actually, get it today actually, Greg, only
5: 59.99. Uh, Tanner's going to be on my show in January, so you're going to hear all
3: about this. Maybe that's the episode all I need drop in for you. <laughs> what are you going to? Where are you going to put that in true crime? Yeah, because
0: it's going to make a killing.
5: <laughs>
0: I'll show myself uh. out. <laughs>
3: oh my
5: god i actually i actually forgot about that jim i was like i was like who the fuck is talking right now <laughs> Who showing my on in january you're right yeah you're the first person to book me as a guest actually that's cool he he plans way ahead man
3: yeah i mean he, he is a paranormal show so it's perfect for stoicism
5: <laughs> well i heard a spiritual
3: element in there see i i could i i, I, I did so well <laughs>
5: please please let me create some bs article about the ghosts of stoicism and everyone in my, in my space will have my head.
3: <laughs> Dude, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> I want you to talk about, I want you to, I want you to start a show that says it's called, it's called stoic, the, the stoic atheist.
5: <laughs> so that, that's actually one of, it's such a sticky point in because most modern stoics there's like a whole movement called modern stoicism. And this is going to be maybe a little bit boring. People are going to drop out, but um, you So the ancient Stoics would say, hey, you you have to believe in the Stoic God, which is essentially nature and some uh, kind of like a rational universe. Like we might call it a conscious cosmos. And and they would say that if you believe in both of those things, uh, you were a Stoic. And modern Stoics say, well, we're not going to believe in the God stuff because we're atheists. But we will believe uh, that virtue is the highest good, is the only good. Um, But technically, they're not Stoics (laughs) if they only believe that part of it. So it's kind of like a Christian showing up and saying, I'm a Christian, but I I don't believe in Jesus or God. So it's a, it's actually a really, it's it's a pretty lively community if you like listening to mostly a bunch of old white men argue about what philosophy is.
3: With no emotion.
7: With no,
5: I, I, I disagree with you.
3: Emotion, yeah. I
7: Sounds I like David's dominant. I wish that your show was around, Tanner, when I was in college in like 2015, because the first college course I ever had to take was a fucking philosophy class. And I'm just like, I don't understand any of this shit. <laughs> and uh, If only your podcast was around that, I would be like, oh, this is something I could listen to that can maybe help me understand this shot, this shit, man.
5: Philosophy is like the embodiment of people who show up in uh, comment sections and go, well, actually, because it's such a, everything is nuanced. Literally, it's so yeah. annoying. You can't say anything in philosophy because technically you're not right. That,
7: that's that's about as much as I learned <laughs> when I was in that class. Well, actually, no, I'm just kidding. Well, actually, tips for Dora. <laughs> oh, man. So what's everybody got planned for Thanksgiving, huh? What's, oh, what's, what's, I, the, I, side, what's the side dishes plan, man? Because the side dishes are what it's about.
3: What are you talking about? There's there's a standard set of side dishes, and that's it. There's no venturing into this new territory. This is like the athe- the stoic atheist. It's not Thanksgiving without the standard sides.
7: Yeah, but you can always, like, Improvise and add. Well, wait a
5: minute. Let's 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 start a real war here. What are the standard sides? Matt's on there. <laughs> he's already pissed. But he's in Australia. <laughs> he's already pissed because he doesn't get to partake.
3: Oh, no, he can. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> uh, I think so,
6: he's pissed because everything wants to kill him in Australia, but that's that's a different topic. Yeah,
3: well, you know, that's he's probably good at ev- evasion, like Stop
5: evasion. Stop dodging the question.
3: All right, so let, let's just start the basics, right? You have mashed potatoes and gravy, right? Everyone agree to that one?
7: Okay, you get one point. Stuffing. Okay, now you have my attention. Yeah. Is it
5: in, in the bird or on the side? O- on the side. In in, oh, the, bird, me.
3: in, in the bird is... is uh, you can't spatchcock a turkey if you stuffed it with stuffing.
7: What now, hold on a second. Just, here's, a very, here's a very important stuffing question, though. With fruit... Or without fruit,
3: get the fuck out of here! What are you even saying?
5: Hold on, though. If you've ever been to Starbucks during the holidays and you've had their uh, Thanksgiving turkey and stuffing sandwich, man, you will regret never putting fruit in your stuffing because it is actually quite good. But I don't. Now, think here's, that's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the
0: thing.
7: I can fuck with apples in the stuffing. Apples in the stuffing is but actually not cranberries. Pretty you're gonna hate on
5: cranberries right now.
7: I don't. No. Like, I mean, I like cranberry juice, but I don't like cranberries. But I no, raisins are a crime and
3: stuff. No, no, no. The crime is when you put sausage in it. That's the I crime. You
7: should love
6: that. You're. put sausage in their
5: stuffing.
6: Listen, <laughs> you know, listen, to, listen to these
3: guys. Listen to about? them. them.
6: It's good. It's good. That's all I got to say. We've been, we did that. We we're one of the first families in my family to do that. And this was roughly about, I'd say 15 years ago. And then everybody else that we served it to copied us and started doing the same damn thing. Like so there's what, something to it.
5: So was it like a turducken sausage? Is that like what you, what it would become at that point?
6: No, it's no, like no, it a breakfast just- sausage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ground sausage. You cook it up, throw it in there. You don't have to put it in the turkey unless that's your thing, you know, but we, we typically don't even make it in the bird.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, the in the bird is gone, is out, is out.
5: Can we go back to what Greg said earlier? He used the word spatchcock and I've never heard that. I almost spit my dessert out. Oh yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if that was old English or something. Cause it's, I, it's, I don't even know what that means. It, not only is it
3: fun to do, it's fun to say. So just google it. it's when you cut the backbone out of a bird. I have a general rule
5: that I don't google anything with cock in it.
3: <laughs> I know that's not true, but yeah you cut you cut the backbone out of out of a bird and and you can and when you cook it, it cooks more evenly, and you can also apply seasonings more evenly because it's no longer round oh, that's and then ancient Viking
5: torture that you just described
3: yeah yeah but but when you uh and then when you cut it up after you, you know, it, it's, it just makes it a whole lot easier it's, and it's better.
5: Have you it's ever brined? Better. I'm brining for the first time this year.
3: Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you pictures of my brine gear. I have all sorts of <laughs> brine have a gear. plastic
5: bag. You have gear?
3: Yeah, dude. I have a brine bucket. You have to I have uh, uh, a little plate that holds it down. I've got brine sauces, all sorts of stuff.
7: Has anybody ever been brave enough to deep fry a turkey?
3: I have deep fried several turkeys. How is it? It's amazing. It's really good, but it's not any better than a perfectly cooked either smoked turkey or baked turkey, in my opinion.
5: Yeah, it doesn't come out like I think. When we hear fried, we think of something extra crispy in some way, and it definitely isn't.
3: No, and if the and if you get the ho- the oil is not perfect, the skin comes out like
5: really dark,
3: and then even though it tastes fine, like your grandma's bitching, like it's just not good.
7: So my my worry is are the it would the best, the breast or the white meat be dry? Because that's the worst part of the turkey for me. There is the, is the white meat that is always the driest part for me that I just can chew on for hours. So, like, is that part like at least moist, where I can at least, where someone can enjoy it for the most part?
3: It, you gotta. It's the same cooking, deep frying it and cooking it in an oven is the same story. It just takes, it's just way faster deep frying it. If you overcook it, it's going to be dry. If you undercook it, it's going to be raw. So you got to dial it in and you got to pull it up every once in a while and poke it with the thermometer. And uh, when it gets to like 150, you got to take it out, basically.
5: Got it. Got it. You, okay. you guys, I got to go, but I need to describe to you the funniest situation I'm in right now. I'm, I'm laying on the bed talking to you guys. I'm eating. My girlfriend got these little, what are these called, babe? Like Philadelphia cream cheese dessert things. And I've got a German Shepherd-ish dog standing on the floor. And I've got our new dog is a little weenie dog on the bed. And I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen a weenie dog stretch, but they're pretty long. So he, he does this stretch and then he like army crawls a little closer and then he'll wait a minute and he'll do another stretch and army crawl just a little bit closer. And he's got his nose about three inches from my dessert. So I got to go to protect my deck, uh, my dessert, but take care guys. This is yeah. fun.
7: Google spatchcock. I'm not doing it. Oh man. Well, oh. this has been fun, but I got to dip guys. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Man. This is the, this is the Thanks. end of the after show.
7: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll close her down. All right. See you everyone. Later okay. on. Happy Have Have Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.